Today, Donald Trump wins in New Hampshire, while Nikki Haley vows to fight on. An anti-war candidate in Russia tries to take on Vladimir Putin at the polls. A Dior bag tips South Korea into political crisis. And Netflix rewrites the old streaming playbook with a $5 billion bet on wrestling. It's Wednesday, January 24th. This is Reuters World News, bringing you everything you need to know from the front lines in 10 minutes every weekday. I'm Tara Oakes in Liverpool. Donald Trump has cruised to victory in New Hampshire's Republican presidential primary election. With over 90% of votes tallied, Trump scored a double-digit lead over Nikki Haley with 55% of the vote. Our producer Jonah Green is in Manchester, New Hampshire. There was no shocking upset victory on Tuesday. Trump prevailed as the polls suggested he would. And after Iowa, it further cements his dominance over the party. But it was not enough to knock Nikki Haley out of the race. This race is far from over. There are dozens of states left to go. And she was up and I said, wow, she's doing uh, like a speech like she won. She didn't win. She lost. And, you know. New Hampshire was supposed to be fertile ground for Haley. And if she can't make it here in a state with a lot of moderates and independents, then what are her chances in a more traditionally conservative state? The next big contest is in South Carolina, where she was governor for two terms, and yet still Trump has a wide lead in the polls there. Meanwhile, President Joe Biden easily won the Democratic primary, even though he wasn't on the ballot. Did you get a chance to speak with voters there? Yeah, I was at a polling place in Manchester, and just speaking to a handful of voters, you got a sense of what brought people out. Nancy Cooper is a Democrat, but she voted for Nikki Haley. But I voted for Nikki because I don't want Trump in there. You see there are signs here. You could have written in Joe Biden. Yes. I'm not happy with him either. But she said she would vote for Biden over Trump, as would Kendra Abatsis, though she used her ballot to protest America's support for Israel's war in Gaza. And I wrote in for ceasefire. So you just wrote ceasefire? Correct. I voted for Donald Trump. Plenty of voters, like Ian Buchanan, said they were for Trump over border security or economic concerns. Uh, I'm not satisfied the way the economy has been going. And while a recurring theme was the desire for change. It's time for some change. Because this country needs change. It's looking like this won't be a change election either way, with a Trump and Biden rematch now all but certain. Russian military transport plane has crashed near the Ukrainian border. Russian state media said it was carrying 65 Ukrainian prisoners of war who were to be exchanged for Russian captives. There were no immediate details on the cause of the crash. Israel and Hamas have moved closer to agreement on a 30-day ceasefire in Gaza that would allow for the release of Israeli hostages and Palestinian prisoners. Sources have told Reuters the plan is being held up by the two sides' differences over how to bring a permanent end to the Gaza war. Tesla has told suppliers it wants to start production of a new mass-market electric vehicle codenamed Redwood in mid-2025. Elon Musk has long promised investors an affordable EV model that would allow Tesla to compete with cheaper gasoline-powered cars and EV rivals from China. The Oscar nominations are out. The Atomic Bomb biopic Oppenheimer leads among contenders with 13 nominations. Just behind it is gothic comedy Poor Things with 11 nods. 
While Oppenheimer's box office companion Barbie is up for eight awards, its director Greta Gerwig and star Margot Robbie were not nominated. Nor was Leonardo DiCaprio for his lead role in Killers of the Flower Moon, which has 10 nominations. Sticking with Hollywood, over on Markets and Netflix is shelling out more than $5 billion to make it the exclusive home of World Wrestling Entertainment's Raw from next year. What does it tell us about the future of streaming? Dawn Chmielewski covers the business of entertainment. So Netflix has begun experimenting with live events starting last year with comedian Chris Rock's stand-up special, Selective Outrage. And Netflix gave some hints to investors in its third quarter that it was thinking of deepening its investment in in, uh, sports programming. What this means for Netflix is interesting. So it expands Netflix's commitment to live programming. It also gives Netflix a live sporting event that will reach subscribers every week. And that's, you know, something that not only appeals to a a reliable, like devoted fan base, but it also helps Netflix as it builds up its ad-supported streaming service. This deal is also a sign that streaming is has become the new cable. You know, there was a a new Harris X poll that found that streaming has reached 85% of U.S. households, which is roughly the sort of reach that cable had at at its peak. So, you know, streaming is the new cable. In South Korea, President Yoon suk yeol and his party have been plunged into scandal months ahead of an election in April. What's the controversy all about? A Dior bag. Jumin Park is in Seoul. So this whole controversy started with this video of the first lady apparently taking the Dior bag, which was secretly filmed by a Korean-American pastor who prepared the bag and the, arranged a meeting with Kim. The pastor was actually using a spy cam watch. Although you know, Yoon and his wife have not publicly talked about this, Yoon's supporters have said it was a political setup and the first lady was a victim. But um, actually, most of the South Korean public did not buy that. And they just want Kim or Yoon to address this bad controversy. And what have Yoon and his wife said about all this? Yoon and his wife, Kim Gon-hee, have remained silent. The First Lady has not shown in public since mid-December, and the opposition and the UN's critics have asked them to make public apology and call for an investigation into whether the First Lady has uh, violated any bribery laws. So could it cost Yoon and his party the election? Analysts are telling us that this Dior bag scandal is a political bombshell just months ahead of this April general election. And... They also say it is serious enough for Yoon's ruling party to lose in this election against the major opposition party. This controversy surrounding the First Lady and the Dior bag has become a wedge that is straining relationships even among the members of the Yoon's party, People Power Party. One member of this PPP's leadership likened the situation to um, the French queen um, Marie Antoinette. In Russia, an anti-war candidate is trying to run against Vladimir Putin in March's presidential election. But he needs 100,000 signatures to get on the ballot. Andrew Osborne is in London. Andrew, who is Boris Nadezhdin? So Boris Nadezhdin is um, a 60-year-old opposition politician, former lawmaker. He's known to some Russians because he sometimes goes on state television 
and he's one of the few kind of critical voices of um, of the authorities and indeed of uh, latterly of Putin. What is support for him looking like right now within Russia? Well, Nadezhdin points to the fact that uh, what we've seen in recent days are large lines of people, large queues of people uh, outside in the depths of the Russian winter queuing up to offer their signature in his support. I mean, it's hard to say exactly how many Russians do support Nadezhdin, but those who do are clearly drawn to something that is unique about his campaign in that he is the only candidate who is in favour of ending Russia's war in Ukraine. And, you know, in a tightly controlled political system and in a country where it's very difficult, actually, to kind of express those kind of views without uh, falling foul of the law, some Russians are being drawn to Nadezhdin. His supporters say that he has managed to get these signatures, the 100,000 signatures, but they're not in the right region. So he's got a lot more work to do. And the clock is ticking because the deadline is the end of January. And if Nadezhdin does get the required signatures, what happens then? He will be formally registered as a candidate. Uh, at the moment, there are 11 candidates, including Putin and Nadezhdin. Clearly, Putin is widely expected to just steamroll the election and to win another term in power. But Nadezhdin, if he's allowed to run, is hoping that he can, yes, he can draw attention to the fact that not all Russians support the war in Ukraine. That's it for today's episode of Reuters World News. We'll be back tomorrow with our daily headline show. To make sure you know what's going on in the world, listen in for 10 minutes every weekday. And don't forget to subscribe on your favourite podcast player or download the Reuters app. Reuters.